We are I. everybody today what we're going to talk about is nutrition and you know why nutrition should be so simple but why we make it so hard you know it's a question that I get all the time and I know that we've all dealt with this and you know you know trying to figure out like micronutrients and macronutrients we've talked about it on we I talk about it with friends and clients all the time you know and it's just a lot of chatter that you hear on social media and the internet and you know, like, do we really even need to do this? And do we really even need to go that far? You know, and does it need to be a ketogenic diet or a paleo diet? Or, you know, like, why, why is there all this that's never existed before? You know, so I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and, you know, we we're just kind of kicking back and forth a few concepts and, you know, really started to open up my mind about, you know, not only why this should be more simple, but, and it's never been this hard. You know, then I started thinking about, okay, well, I calculated out some of my micronutrients. You know, I, I definitely calculated my macronutrients. I kind of have a general understanding of where I need to go with this and, you know, what's going to make me be the best me. You know, but what humans became and the reason why we became what we are today is not because we ever calculated out a micronutrient or a macronutrient or you know thought about what we ate and how much it was going to be and what diet we were on you know we went through the biggest evolutionary changes as a species knowing none of this you know but what are the things that we just organically figured out on our own you know is you know eat from the earth you know, eat seasonally, you know, eat what's readily available to us at that time. And that alone, you know, we came up with fermented products and almost every single culture on this planet has a version of a fermented product. You know, and we didn't have the science to be able to back it up to know how incredible fermented products are to us. You know, we just simply as a species, you know, understood that we need to ferment products either for you know, to be able to preserve it or to be able to have it, to change the flavor, change the taste, you know, whatever the reason is people originally came up with these ideas, but they are ultra beneficial to us now. You know, and yeah, there's a big component that, you know, we fermented some products like beer so that we could drink the water and not get sick. But, you know, I'm talking about Ukrainians and beet kvass, you know, something I drink all the time, you know, or kimchi, sauerkraut, like all of these different products have been around for generations that are extremely healthy for us, you know, that not a lot of people consume now, you know, they're making a little bit more of a comeback, you know, into the market and, you know, through all the stuff on social media and the different things that people like, you know, I'm talking about on podcasts, you know, people are reaching out and trying these products again, but we just don't have a palate for them. You know, we tend to shy away from them where we tell people how disgusting they are and how we don't like them. And, you know, it comes back to that everything needs to be this pleasure response, you know, and does it need to be? And why does it need to be? And can we avoid that? You know, can we get away from that? You know, can we just keep it simple? You know, people always ask me, you know, like, like, why is this so complicated? Why does it have to be so complicated? Why can't it just be more simple? And I always say, well, it is. But you just don't want it to be because it's not sexy enough. It doesn't taste good enough. You know, it doesn't hit you hard enough. It doesn't make you feel as good. 
you know, because, yeah, you know, it's not sexy to have a salad. You know, like you want to have the candied pecans on it and you want to have the salad dressing and, you know, all this stuff that jazzes it up to be able to make this ultra pleasure response for you. But you just won't eat the salad. You know, a trainer that I originally hired when I first moved out to BC and he's like, you know, Blake, what kind of chicken do you like? And I was like, oh, man, you know, I don't know. There's so many different kinds of chicken that I like. You know, I like teriyaki chicken the most. He's like, there's no such thing as teriyaki chicken. He's like, either you like chicken or you don't like chicken. And I'm like, huh? You know, I was 18 years old, 19 years old. I'm like, I don't even understand. You know, like, what do you mean? I'm like, and then I thought about it. Like, do I even like chicken? You know, if I ever, if I ever had chicken that has, like, legit had nothing on it. You know, because if you truly like chicken, realistically, you could take like a nice pan fried piece of chicken and you would like it just like that. But do you? Do you have to have salt? Do you have to have pepper? Like all these things make it a little bit better and we can have them. And I'm not saying not to, you know, but I'm saying that we're so disconnected from our food and how it actually should taste that it becomes that difficult. It becomes difficult because we want it to be more. It should be more. It should taste more. I should have a better response to this. I should have this overwhelming feeling. If I eat this salad, it should combat depression. If I eat, you know, this grilled piece of chicken or this piece of salmon that, you know, all of a sudden I can see better. I think better, more clear. It's no, it's a process. It's an experience. You have to experience every single day, you know, but the thing is people want that, that sacrifice to be temporary but have everlasting results. You know, and the reason why it's not simple is because we're coached down that line is that, you know, it should be temporary, you know, but when do we look at, we just need to retrain our palate so simple can become simple. You know, simple is that, you know, yeah, I really authentically do want to go in and grab some produce. I authentically do want to start gardening. I do want to, you know, rent a community garden space or have my little garden at home. I want to taste fresh vegetables again. You know, like there's not a lot of stuff that you have to do outside. Just consume it. Your body will legitimately do the rest for you if you just put it in your mouth, chew it a few times, mix it with a little saliva, then swallow. So all you have to do, your body will do all the rest. But we can't even as a species pick it up with our hand and put it in our mouth, chew it and swallow it. We're that unwilling. You know, and you see it all over the place with, you know, I see people putting honey on apple slices. Doesn't even make any sense. You know, an apple should taste good enough on its own that you wouldn't want to put honey on it. Or think how many products now that you see that are that have raisins in them, but those raisins are sprayed with liquid sugar. Like, how does that make sense? Like, raisins are, like, seriously some of the sweetest things that we can eat, but then we coat them in a liquid sugar. You know, but this is how we're training our palate. We're training our palate like this every day to consume these foods, and that's what we like. You know, but for things to be simple, we need to peel it back and just say, like, hey, like, look, you know, we as a species evolved to who we are today. Not by ever calculating or worrying about any of these things, about micronutrients and how many vitamins and minerals I'm getting or my macronutrients, about my protein, carbohydrates and fats and the percentages that they're coming in and when I should eat them and how I should eat them and intermittent fasting. It's like it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense that we've created because we've bought into this system, you know, that we are going to overconsume all these calories. And yeah, the cards have been stacked against us because, you know, big foods marketing and we know they've paid off lobbyists or paid lobbyists to be able to, you know, manipulate results and, you know, manipulate government outcomes and, 
You know, we know that this has happened. We know we've been fed bullshit and we've been fed lies. We know this now for willing to open up our eyes and see and open up our ears to hear it. But then on top of that, it's our responsibility as an individual and, you know, as a parent in a household or, you know, as a person with inside a community, say like, hey, look, I'm going to make this change too. I don't ever have to say anything. I just need to do it. You know, the passive education side where, you know, you just you do it and you just hope that maybe one day that it stimulates somebody else. You know, but we need to be able to take that responsibility upon ourselves because we got here without ever doing it. Like our brain went through the biggest expansion in our evolutionary history without ever knowing or trying to do it. You know, but now we're just trying to survive every day. Like, I just want to get out of bed with energy. I just want to have sustained energy all day long. But I'm not willing to be able to change my lifestyle to be able to mandate that because it might be hard because my palate doesn't like the taste of these other foods. You know, I even say to people how easy it is, you know, just to be able to drink kombucha and how healthy kombucha can be if you're not buying the one that's loaded with sugar. And people are like, like, I don't like kombucha. I can't even drink it. And it's like, well... Yeah, but it can be that simple. It can be just simple if you want to lie to yourself for long enough that you just like the taste of like real kombucha to be able to get just the benefit of that if that's where you're willing to start or just pick something. Yeah, you might not like pickled beets or pickles or sauerkraut or kimchi, you know, or kefir milk, but choose something and just try. Start the pathway. You can't just stonewall it and say, well, it's so hard. Everything's so hard. It's so hard to be healthy. It's so hard to be active. It's so hard to be able to feel good. It's just like, well, but you're not even willing to put one foot in front of the other. You're willing just to stand there with both feet side to side saying like, hey, how do I get from point A to point B? You know, sometimes it takes just putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, just fumbling it with a little bit. And, you know, you might find out like, hey, in a couple weeks from now, you might like kimchi every once in a while. You know, you might like having kefir milk. You know, you might like kombucha. You might like kombucha that you make on your own. You know, it's like I make kombucha all the time. There's always kombucha available in my household. And I look at it the same way as, you know, having a garden. You know, my girls like vegetables, they'll eat vegetables, but they love and crave vegetables that we have in our garden at home because there is a real difference. And you can make that difference with things that you make at home. You know, make the time, bring an experience to yourself, invest in that time in yourself because, you know, yeah, we might not be able to or want to evolve to learn how to, you know, produce a fire or make a wheel. We might not be there anymore, you know, but where we are is our fire and our wheel is our everyday life. Our everyday life is that exposure to, I just want to feel better. I want to be able to wake up on a sunny day and I want to be able to match the environment that I see outside, inside. You know, I want to be able to go outside and I want to be able to conquer that, you know, 10 hours of just playing and having some fun, you know, out in the sun, going to the beach, hiking, like whatever you want to do and still feel good the next day. You know, but again, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be this big concept in this, you know, you don't have to calculate micronutrients or macronutrients or anything along those lines, you know, because we're just, we're choosing to make it so hard. Choose to not eat McDonald's, choose to not eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, choose to stay on the outside of the aisles at the grocery store, choose to go to a farmer's market and just make some better choices. You know, as I was listening to this podcast, you know, by Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who's an absolute genius when it comes to biomedical science. She's got her PhD for all those that you don't know. You have to be able to check her out. I've referenced her tons on this podcast before and in my everyday life. 
you know, but the one thing that she was saying in this podcast I was listening to the other day was that, you know, stop focusing on the things that you shouldn't eat and focus on just the things you should and start training your palate that way. You know, because when you start eliminating things that you, you feel like you shouldn't eat, then you're totally forgetting about all the things you should because it just narrows you down. It boxes you in. It closes you in because you're only focused on eliminating. You're not focusing on adding. But when you focus on adding, you naturally eliminate. And I think a lot of us all know this. It's like when you start working out and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to focus on my nutrition second and why I always encourage people, forget about the nutrition right now, focus on getting active. Because I know, and I know a lot of people know that once you start working out, you start being more active, you naturally eat healthier. Your body craves it, you want it. It's like a hot day when you're physically exerted and you're like, well, this water's never tasted so good. And it's just like, well, yeah, this is like exercise and this is nutrition for your body. You know, when you start working out and your body's craving those nutrients, like, yeah, the salad has never tasted so good because your body needs those nutrients. And like, eat the salad, eat a huge one. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, don't don't worry about how many sugar, how much sugar is in a carrot or the corn. Just eat it. It's a vegetable. It's a fruit. Put it in there and eat it because you know what? There's a chance that you're not. You know, and I wish I could remember the chef who said it. And I say this all the time to, you know, friends and family may or may not have said it on this podcast before, you know, but when I was listening to this chef talk one time and he's like, look, do you want to know the true difference between organic and non-organic vegetables? And he's like, the difference is really is that you're not eating vegetables. I don't care whether you eat organic or non-organic vegetables, just eat some damn vegetables, pick them up and put them in your mouth and eat them. You know, then after you're eating vegetables, and this is something that you're doing if you want to refine it down to finding, you know, organic vegetables and eating vegetables, fine. But establish the pattern of eating vegetables first. Don't look at the vegetables and say, well, it's $5 a pound. I'm not going to eat because that's too expensive. And then just go get the box of craft dinner instead. You know, just pick up some vegetables, pick up anything. Or even it's like, well, I like these vegetables or this fruit, but the price per pound is too high. Just go grab something that's cheap instead of nothing. You know, because that's the way that we look at it and we're a coach to be able to look at it. We're not even willing to try all the different fruits and vegetables that are out there because we only want the things that we want. You know, if they're not on sale or if the price goes up, then it's an immediate deterrent to buy those, but we don't immediately replace it with something else. But it can be that simple. It can be that simple if you want it to be that simple, but we just choose for it not to be that simple. You know, and a lot of this came at the price of everything becoming more convenient and, you know, having things like skip the dishes or, you know, takeout in general or, you know, going to a grocery store and getting prepared meals or, you know, all of these things. You know, but it can be as simple as what we want it to be. We just have to make that choices for ourselves. You know, and think of all the time and effort and energy we put into like, you know, researching diets or, you know, looking at this person on Instagram or this person on Facebook and this is what worked for me and this is what I do for my clients and they see all this success. But if I told you, you didn't need to do one minute of any of that, not one second of any of that. You didn't need to put in any research online. You didn't need to download any fitness app. You didn't need to do absolutely anything, but just make the choices that you know you should be making. It can be that simple. Don't count any of it. You know, don't coat it in sauce. You know, don't have like this rich, creamy stuff. You know, don't eat all the, you know, junk carbohydrates like the like the white pastas and, you know, like the refined carbohydrates and sugars and the breads and like the jams and the peanut butters full of icing, sugar and hydrogenated vegetable oil and all of these things. 
you know, like you don't know, have to know that, you know, trans fats are so bad for you that, you know, the government has banned them from being in foods. You don't really need to know that. You know why? Because if you were just eating good quality food in general, you would never find trans fats in it anyway. So again, it's knowledge you don't even need to know. It's things that I don't need to talk about on this podcast. It's subjects you don't need to see as a clickbaity article online about trans fats being banned from food or trans fats causing cancer or government bans trans fats. You don't need to see any of it. It's just it's clutter for your mind that you don't even need to ingest. You know, it's a very sobering thought that you can eliminate all of it. Take off your Fitbit. Walk. If you don't know that you're lazy and you need to get up and walk a little bit more and you need a Fitbit to be able to tell you that, there's problems. Like we create these problems that seem stressful and they add stress to our lives when you can keep it simple. Let's go for a walk. It can be that easy. Be a little bit more active. You know, like keep it simple. Like it is legitimately that simple. You know, and I agree, you know, like I never used to look at it like this before too. I never really truly understood it, you know, but because of this podcast and talking to the people that I talk to and I'm like, what's, what is the common denominator here? Like what, what makes it feel simple? But it's just when people want to do it, nothing else. What makes it hard and what makes it complex is when people don't want to do it. So we need 15 different systems. You know, you need your Fitbit to tell you that you need to walk more. You know, you need your nutrition app to tell you how many macronutrients you need to be eating. You know, you need somebody to be able to leverage, you know, advice from to tell you to eat a salad because for some reason you forgot vegetables were good for you. You know, you need somebody else to be able to remind you that you shouldn't be eating, you know, deep fried chicken coated in teriyaki sauce, you know, which we all know that that's bad for you. You know, like we can eliminate all of that clutter. You don't need any of those things. You don't need alerts on your phone. You don't need reminders that this app is saying like, hey, don't forget to eat or remember don't eat because you're still within your 16 or 18 hour non-feeding window. You know, we don't need any of that kind of stuff. And because we choose to want to be ignorant and lazy to how simple that it can be, that's what makes it hard. So just take it back. You know, take yourself back, take back your health, your physical health, your mental health, your health as a whole, your health as a person by just saying like, I don't need any of it. Throw it all away. Stop using it because you know, you know, like, can you justify eating like that ice cream knowing that you haven't done shit all week? You know, like gut check yourself, like actually just say, look, you know, like, do I deserve this treat? Or the one concept that I battle with people all the time, it's like, you know, give yourself a treat or give your kids a treat or we need a treat or treat this and treat that. It's like, well, frequency a treat doesn't even make it a treat anymore just because something you do every day. But what if you do to earn that treat because that treat would mean that there was something in replacement of that. But if you haven't really done anything and you just wait for that day to come and then all of a sudden you get it, you know, then that doesn't really make it a treat or, or a reward or anything. Like there, there is no process to be able to earn that. And your body's not even going to understand how to be able to use that in any kind of efficient way that it might be able to use it anyway. But the chances are the healthier that you are, the more that you're not going to want to reach that ice cream. But that, that apple tastes a little bit better or those strawberries taste a little bit better. Or that peach tastes a little bit better, or that orange. Or, you know, like that really earthy garden salad. You know, there's that shift in palate. You know, where you start to eliminate those things and that's the focus, you know, like that's where we need to bring ourselves back to, you know, is just 
honing in on changing our palate. And it can be that simple, just retraining the way that you personally want to look at it. You know, take some control over your life and, you know, don't worry about what everybody else is doing and just know and just do what you know is right. You know, because if you're having a glass of wine or, you know, a couple of drinks like every day or, you know, like, you know, I hear a lot about these Costco cream puff things and how they're, I don't even know, like they're just minimal calories and everybody's figured out this magic number that you can eat like eight or 10 of them and it's okay for the amount of calories it isn't. It's like, but if we've refined down that we've created this product, these little mini cream puffs, and now we've refined it down that we can eat eight or 10 of them and it's okay. But one of you has thought about, okay, well, how can I make this this salad better or this veggie plate or, you know, how can I eat better? Like, when are you willing to invest that kind of time and that kind of energy into figuring out what you can do that's healthier for you? Because we want to find little systems to be able to cheat our way through it, to be able to constantly consume all these unhealthy things instead of trying to find one way to be able to incorporate a healthier active lifestyle into our day. And specifically when it comes around nutrition. You know, because our palate has been so heavily distorted, you know, by the way that we choose to want to keep on eating and we keep buying into what big food tells us that we should be eating, what's okay to eat. But like how many times do I need to say and how many times do other people need to say it, you know, that it is all marketing. They need to sell products. You know, they specifically design foods to manipulate you and your mind, create cravings so you can't not eat it. And this food is terrible for you. It's not that this isn't public all knowledge, but we choose to have public ignorance over choosing public acceptance of this knowledge being like, oh, they actually are doing this. You know, and I've challenged you all on We Are I listeners to be able to go out and just Google, you know, Harvard scientists being paid off by big sugar to say bad is fat. Google it and just understand how many of you have actually just done that to know that scientists were paid off by big food and big sugar to be able to manipulate the results and publish them to be able to get people eating like this, which has changed our palates, which has ruined our healthcare system and our lives. You know, we're so unwilling to be able to hold big food accountable for what it's done to us as people, us as a species, us as humanity, that we're not even willing to be able to entertain that they lied. They changed the course of our lives. People have been on medication. People have been living with lifestyle-related diseases because they've been allowed to do this. And we don't even hold these companies that make billions of dollars accountable. Like they should be footing some of this bill for our public healthcare system because they're the ones who created this problem. But we are willing to be able to arrest this chairman of the drug company that, you know, created fentanyl and say what he was doing is bad. Well, yes, what he was doing is bad. Yes, they were getting, you know, taking doctors out for drinks and hiring strippers and all this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, that's bad. You know, but big food and big sugar is doing exactly the same thing, but we're letting them get away with it. You know, like big food and big sugar should not be able to lobby our government because they're lobbying our health. When we allow big food and big sugar to be able to lobby our government, to be able to change these rules and these regulations, we're, lob- they're, we're allowing them to lobby our health physically and our health mentally, not only right now, but for generations to come. And that's bad. That's a problem. Like, why are we so unwilling to be able to hold these people accountable? And why is our government so unwilling? Because it comes down to the dollars. You know, but we're spending so much money in our healthcare system 
of preventable lifestyle diseases. You know, I don't think that people really feel and understand that things like type 2 diabetes and heart disease and high blood pressure, for the vast majority of these times, you choose to live them every day by how you wake up and operate your every single day. You choose to have that. There's no reason to have that. And it costs our healthcare system a ton of money because Big Food has done a great job of saying like, hey, do you know that if you sit down and you run the numbers, you can eat eight or 10 of these little cream puffs and it's okay because you can justify it on your calorie counting axis under your calories that you should be eating in a day. That's a problem. But that's how simple it's become to be able to manipulate our minds and our bodies, but we're not willing to be able to make it simple to be able to change our palate and change the way we think is saying like, hey, I know a lot of people who live with mental health issues and a lot of people who live with diabetes and heart disease and high blood pressure. And a lot of these things are choices. Not all of them are, not all of them are all the time. I get it, I understand. You know, but the big thing is for the vast majority of the time they are. And this is the problem because it is a result of the food that we eat. You know, and when we take the responsibilities within ourselves, you know, not even, like I said, not within your community. Don't be an advocate. Don't have a voice. Don't ever say anything to anybody. Just do it yourself. Keep it simple. Keep it for you and influence people by the passive education. Because we need to make that change in. There is and there's people making that shift. But there's far more people that either don't want to believe it or are creating super complicated systems that people just don't want to buy into it because it's hard. You know, but again, keep it with the famous words that, you know, Dr. Rhonda Patrick was, you know, spouting out to just saying, hey, you know, focus on the things that you should be eating. And because of that, you will naturally start to eliminate the things that you shouldn't be. Like that's the simple and the most pure advice that people should be connecting with and saying like, hey, like, like I can do that. I want to do that. Like what are some of the things that, you know, I can eat, you know, and get away from the people who create a problem and then give you a solution. You know, I can sit here and I can say, well, okay, well now we are our listeners. You know, this is what the solution is going to be. I got this, this next app and I got this next book you can buy and I got this next this. And it's like, no, but you know what I have? I have a grocery store that has a produce department. Go buy some. Start there. Keep it simple. You know, be a little bit more active. It's a nice day outside. Go for a walk. If it's not, go for a walk too because you know what? You're not going to melt in the rain. Being outside in the cold is healthy for you. We've talked about cold shock proteins. You know, like just get out and be active and, and move. Do what your body is designed to do. Eat the food that we have ate for tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years. And we get so narrow-minded and so closed in and so singularly focused that when we walk into a grocery store, I think a lot of people probably feel these days that this is the way that it's always been. But it hasn't been. This is only the way it's been for maybe the last like 50, 60 years. That's it. Before that, you know, people had to grow their own food. They had to can their own food. They had to pickle their own food. They had to be resourceful because there just wasn't the food security that we have today. But we chose not food security. We chose like having food security by the way of sacrificing us and ourselves as human beings. Because if we didn't, why would 90% of a grocery store not even need to exist if we were focused on only having a grocery store to be able to propagate proper health physically and mentally? You take a 30,000 square foot grocery store and put it down to 3,000 square feet pretty damn fast.
You know, but people want to see and be like, not only do I want options, but I want a thousand different cookie options. I want a thousand different cereal options. I want 80 different peanut butter options. But again, you know, like you're all focused, you know, down those aisles, you know, get to the outside. We all know as people have been saying it for years. But think about how much of that produce goes to waste. You know, keep it that simple. That's how simple it can be. You know, look back to how we got here as human beings. We never got here as human beings, like I said, by calorie counting apps. We never got here by Fitbits. We never got here by counting micronutrients. We never got here by counting micronutrients. We never got here by being on a vegan diet. We never got here by being on a paleo diet. We never got here by being on a keto diet. We never got here by intermittent fasting. We got here by eating food that was seasonal, food that was local around us, food that was geographically accessible to us, probably within walking distance. And that's the key and that's how simple it can be. But we just want too much. We create our own problems. We are our own worst enemy. And I also have come to understand by doing this podcast that this is a Western culture problem. This is a problem that we've created in Western culture saying like, we always need it to be more. We always need to be able to have more. We always should have more options. We should always have everything at our disposal. But there's a lot of cultures in this world that don't have that. They only have what still is accessible to them immediately and locally. You know, and like, look at these people's health. You know, it's it's far superior to ours. You know, like, yeah, we might have access, to, you know, to a great medical system, like if we need it. But again, think of how clogged up our healthcare system is by preventable lifestyle diseases because of the things we choose to eat. You know, by listening to the people who should not be giving us nutritional advice or advice on what to eat, period. You know, if we're willing to be able to ban, you know, cigarette commercials from TV, why can't we ban, you know, food that's causing a slow death just like what cigarettes do? You know, if we can link cigarettes to causing, you know, cancer and emphysema over time, why can't we link having these, you know, processed sugars and these cookies and these high sugar diets and these high sugar foods as, you know, direct links to diabetes like we know that it does, which causes exactly the same problem eventual death literally but people just don't want to get it they don't want to understand it they don't want to believe it to be the same way you know it's so hard you know when like i know hundreds of people that want to put their hand up and say smoking is the same as eating cookies because it is but people are so ignorant now that they don't even want to admit that but it literally is because of the food and the way that we choose to be able to live our lives now And I know it's hard to get and I know it's hard to wrap your mind around and know it's not extreme. Because again, in Canada, like we talked about this before, you know, it's recommended that 5% of our diet comes from sugars and refined carbohydrates and we're 20% or greater. It already is a problem. This is the problem and this is the problem that's causing diabetes because if we're at 20%, our diabetes rates and our heart disease rates and our high blood pressure rates are high in Canada. So it's not like, you know, we're hovering up at this 20%. It's not that big of a deal. It is. And I know that people have probably done some research and probably heard that, you know, like once all these baby boomers, you know, get up, you know, into the ages and having, you know, one, two or three preventable lifestyle diseases and everything that correlates and comes along with that, 
there might not be a lot of healthcare for up and coming generations. The same thing like what there is with, you know, pension plans and, you know, savings and all these different systems that we've created because it's going to be overtaxed and overburdened. You know, so when do we start taking that personal accountability and when do we take, you know, ourselves back as a person and say like, look, I need to be able to make this change. Yes, eating bitter food tastes like shit right now. I get it. I understand it. There's a lot of time when I'm choking down bitter food and it brings me down on one, you know, like, damn it. Just swallow it, Blake. You know, like you just, but in my mind, I just stay focused. I'm like, okay, I need these polyphenols. Like just get them in because I know that it's good for my body. You know, like we just, we know we're just, but we're just so unwilling. Oh, I'm going to spit it out. I'm going to gag on it. Gag on it a little bit. Retrain the palate. Allow your body to be able to go through these processes that it wants to go through. So again, the message today, the whole point behind this one is it can be that simple. Keep it simple. Don't make it hard. We all make it so hard. We all know inside of us just to be able to eat healthy. Don't worry about the micronutrients, the macronutrients, the diet that you're on, the advice that you're hearing. You know what it takes to eat healthy. Look around you. What food is local around you? Where, what food can you get from a farmer's market? You know, what food can you get from the outside of the grocery store? Start there. Start eating the things you know you should be eating and you will gradually eliminate the things that you shouldn't be. Absolutely and wholeheartedly. So there you go, everybody. I hope that helps. You know, I get that question all the time and, you know, I've really been trying to refine down how to be able to communicate that. And, you know, like that's that's my advice today is, you know, just keep it simple because it is simple and it can be simple, but only if you want it to be. 